Hey, thanks for checking out this message from LifeGate Church. We hope that God uses this message to encourage you and to help you live in the freedom and purpose that Jesus has for your life. Hey, good morning, everyone. Good morning to those online. I'm super excited about this message today. I have something that's going to radically transform your thinking and understanding. I hope. Hopefully. For those online, get ready for this. I have a message I want to share with you. Hey, for those that are uh, 10.30 service, Annabelle's getting baptized today. So she just, she just headed out the door. So I don't know where she went, but she's getting baptized at 10.30. So that will happen after the worship music. So if you're here for morning tea, after the music, we're going to baptize Annabelle. So I encourage you to be part of that. It's going to be beautiful. Did you enjoy the time of worship? Yeah. It was beautiful. Great job, Dave. Thanks for leading us. Come on. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we want to thank you that you are here with us. We thank you that you are moving. We thank you that you are changing lives. And God, we now pray with expectation for what you're going to do. We pray, God, as your word goes forth, that you would renew minds, that you would transform thinking, that you would change hearts, and God, that you would give us a greater faith and a greater, a greater expectancy of who you are and what you can do. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, I started dating Michelle when I was 22 years of age. I turned 45 this week, so that's, that's like half of my life I've been with my wife. Wow, half of my life. That's bizarre, isn't it? Wow, yeah. And you, you, I won't be clapping much longer, Bina, because of this story I'm about to tell you. Um, when we started dating, I was very romantic. When I started dating. Um... I did flowers, I did chocolates, we did dates, fancy restaurants. I would deliberately get the vacuum cleaner and vacuum the car and wash the car and I'd have a shower and dress, mostly better than what I'm wearing now, all dressed up to try and dress to impress, trying to do everything I could to uh, sweep this woman off her feet. Um, One time I um, got her mum, because we didn't live together before we were married, so I asked her mum's permission and I wrote on little bits of paper all the things that I liked about her, and I put them all over her bedroom. So when she came home, she's like, oh, how romantic. And then for our engagement, we're down at Cronulla Beach on one knee. I said, will you? And all these romantic things. And you know what? Michelle had an expectation that this romance would continue into our marriage. An expectation, however, her expectations haven't been met. Anywhere near as, as much as she'd like. Michelle's speaking over at Preston's today. That's where she is. You know, in life, we all have expectations for things. Let, let, me give you, let, let me give you a few. When you put the key in the car and you turn on the ignition, you expect the car to start. When you order a parcel on Amazon or on eBay and you expect it to be delivered to you, you expect that it to be delivered. You expect your fiancé to turn up on the wedding day. You expect schools to be a safe place for our kids. We all have these expectations in life. Here's the question I want to ask you today. What are you expecting God to do? What's your expectation around God? What are you expecting God to do in your own personal life and in the lives around you? And this is something that God's been speaking to me about when I was away and something that, I, that we need to talk a lot about as a church. Because I believe we need to increase our level of faith and expectancy of what God will do. 
And as we come to him in faith, the scripture says he moves. He moves in our lives and in the lives of the people around us. So here's a question for you today. What are you expecting God to do? And I want you to take a moment and just reflect on this question. What are you expecting God to do in your life and in the lives of those around you? Take a few seconds and reflect. Super important question. Because how you answer this question will determine how you live your life. If you have an expectation that God desires to set people free, you will pursue the freedom that he has for you. If you have an expectation that, that, a guy, that God desires to set other people free from the area of sickness or sin or bondage or fear, you will pray for people with the expectation that God will move in their life. If you have an expectation that God has a plan for your life, well, again, two things happen. Number one, you seek out what his plan is, and then you deliberately pursue the plan that God has for you. Another one, if you have an expectation that, that a God is saving people, that he's bringing people into his kingdom, well, then two things. Again, number one, you, you, you choose to partner with God and share your faith. And then you also invite to LifeGate Church and you invite people to do foundations because you have an expectation that when you invite them, they will say yes because God is saving people. Now, they may not say yes, but we need to have an expectation that they will because God's will is that everyone would come to repentance. The scripture says that in two places. God's will is that everybody is saved. And that needs to be our expectation, that when we share our faith, they will respond. When we invite, they will come. When we invite to do foundations, they will say yes. If you have an expectation that God will meet your financial needs, well, then you won't worry about finance and that you will use your finance in the way that God wants you to use it. You will tithe and then you will give over on top of your tithe to, to the work of God in the world. If you have an expectation that God is, is, will move and is going to move in our Sunday gatherings, you know what's going to happen? Two things. Number one, two things. Number one is that you're, you're going to want to be here because you don't want to miss out on what God's going to do. And the second thing is you're going to invite others to experience what God is going to do in this space. This is what happens when we expect God to do the things that he does. Recently, I was contacted by a family and... Um, uh, the uh, mum in the family was, was uh, really not well and really sick, and, and they said, can you come now and pray? They're a family that's not part of our church. And I said, okay, I'll come. I'll be there in half an hour. And as I drove to their home, I went, all right, God, how do I handle this one? And in that moment, I have a choice to go with expect a little from the Lord or expect a lot from the Lord. I can go and go, okay, I'm going to go and be nice. I'm going to shake hands. I'm going to smile, and I'm going to pray comfort. Low-level faith. Or I can go and love and comfort and pray for healing with an expectation that God is going to set that person free. How I go into that change is depending on my expectation. As I want, she was in terrible pain on the lounge, and I sat, and I held her hand, and her husband was there. And as I started to pray, she started to move as like demonic, a demonic manifestation. And I said to the husband, is this normal? And he, and he says, no, this is, this is not normal. So I just kept praying in the name of Jesus, and I commanded that demonic spirit to leave. And after a few minutes, the spirit left. 
and peace came, came upon her, and she fell asleep. As I went with an expectation that God is going to do something incredible in this person's life. What are you expecting God to do? Because your expectation will change the way that you live. Your expectation opens us up to the move of God. Our expectation opens us up to the power of God. How are we going today? Are you rattled yet? Are you rattled? There's a few crossed-armed people in the room. It's okay, everyone. It's okay. It's okay. We're in a series called Roadblocks to Freedom. And the, and the series is based on a premise that Jesus wants us to live lives where we are free. And one of the roadblocks that we have is a lack of expectation that God will that God will change, that he would heal, that he will move. And because of our lack of expectation, our lack of faith, God doesn't do the stuff that he desires to do. Because the scripture tells us in Hebrews 11.6 that faith pleases God. It's as we put our faith in him that he moves his hand. It's as we put our faith, as we put our trust, as we rely upon him, God moves his hand. Faith attracts his attention. For my, for my girlfriend, it was flowers, Michelle. It was chocolates. It was restaurants. It was lovely notes. That tra- attracted her attention. For God, what attracts his attention is people with faith, people with expectation that he's going to move. And he meets people there. Let me show you this from the scriptures. I want to take you today to um, Mark chapter 5. And in Mark chapter 5, we have two people who go to Jesus with expectation. The first is a guy named Jairus, and this is what we read. When Jesus had again crossed over, by the, crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. Then one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came, and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. He pleaded earnestly with him, My little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. Jesus, if only you come and touch her, my expectation is that she will be healed and that she will live. Something else happens that we're about to read, but after this next event, Jesus goes to the house, he puts his hands on her, and she's healed. This man Jairus had expectation around what Jesus could do. This next text is from verse 24. So Jesus went with him. A large, this is going on from that passage in, from Jairus. So Jesus went with him. A large crowd followed and pressed around him. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. Why? Because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. This woman had an expectation that if she just touches his cloak, that she will be healed. Now, earlier in the text, it said there were many people pushing up against Jesus. But this person touched Jesus with a different level of expectation, a different level of faith expecting to be healed. Look at verse 29. Immediately her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? 
and expectant like you would expect the disciples to say? You see the people crowding against you, his disciples answered, and yet you can ask, who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet, and trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. He said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. This woman touched Jesus like every, differently to other people. Other people bumped up against him as he went through the crowd. But this woman came to him with an expectation that if she just touched his cloak, she would be healed. Two stories. People coming to Jesus with expectations. Two stories of Jesus bringing breakthrough because of their expectation, because of their faith. Now compare this with what we see in Matthew chapter 13, where Jesus is in his hometown. And he preaches and people start to question, well, who is this guy? We know his mother, we know his brothers, we knew him from when he was a child. They didn't have honour for him and they didn't put their faith in him. And as a result, verse 56, 58, and he did not, and he did not do many miracles there. Why? Because of their lack of faith. They had no expectation that this Jesus that they knew could do the things that he said he could do. And as a result, he did not do many miracles there because of their, their lack of faith. See, faith is connected with expectation. Expectation is believing what God is going to do. And that is faith. It's believing. It's surrendering. It's relying upon. It's trusting. It's having a belief that God will do the things that he says he will do. That when, when, when we see his will, his promises set out in Scripture, when we see his will set out in Scripture... We have an expectation that he's going to do those things. So we're coming to the back to this question for you. What are you expecting Jesus to do in your life, in the lives of those around you? What are you expecting Jesus to do in our church? It's Jesus' will that people are healed. It's Jesus' will that people are forgiven of their sin. It's his will that people will come to him and put their faith in him and have saving faith in Jesus. It's his will that people are transformed. It is his will that his people are provided for. It is his will that, that he will never leave you nor forsake you. That it's his will that people will get free. Do we believe that? Do we expect God to act in accordance with his will? One of the roadblocks to seeing the breakthrough is because we don't have the faith and the expectation that he will. How about LifeGate Church? Do you have an expectation that in this church that people will come to faith, that more people are going to get baptised, that his church is going to grow? You know, I spoke to someone yesterday, um, I don't know, Deck, um, and they said, um, why do people want to grow large churches? And I went, that's a great question. Why do you think they want to grow large churches? He goes, oh, I don't know, pride or whatever. I said, well, I think people want to grow large churches for a different reason. I said, because God is in the habit of saving people and seeing his kingdom expand and increase. And guess what? We need more churches and we need larger churches because there's so many people in our world that aren't saved. We need churches full and buildings expanded and multiple services and multiple centers. We need larger churches. Why? Because God is his, it's his will 
that people would come to repentance. It's his will for his kingdom to grow, for his churches to grow. That's why people want larger churches, because they want more people in his kingdom. Amen. It's his will for the church to grow. It's his will for you to be set free. So when we pray for you, when we sing these songs of worship, that he meets us here and brings breakthrough to your life. Friends, that is his will. Are you expecting God to act like this? Are you expecting him to move in this way? I want to take you to a verse, and this takes this whole faith thing to a whole new level. In, in, Ma, in uh, Mark chapter 11, Jesus is, um, the, the previous day, he's, he's, he's cursed the fig tree. And in the following day, he goes past it with his disciples, and, and they notice the fig tree is withered, and, is, and, and the disciples say, Jesus, what's the go? What happened? What's, what's going on with this fig tree? And this is what we read in Mark chapter 11, verse 22. Jesus says, Have faith in God. Jesus answered, Truly I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself in the sea, and does not doubt in their heart, but believes that what they say will happen, it will be done for them. Super strong text. I'm going to read it again. Truly I tell you, if anyone says this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea, and does not doubt in their hearts, but believes, that, believes what they say will happen, it will be done for them. goes on in verse 24. Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. It's about faith. It's an expectation that God will do the things that he says he's going to do. One more time. Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. Now, we can get a bit dodgy here, and we can take this verse to make it mean anything we want it to mean. I want a new Ferrari. Come on, anyone want a red Ferrari? I don't really want one. I want a new Hi- I want a Hilux or a Land Cruiser. That would be really cool, yeah? Anyone want to give me a Land Cruiser? That would be lovely. Thanks, everyone. Is, is this verse saying, God, I'm asking you for a Land Cruiser, therefore I'm going to really believe that you're going to give it to me and you're going to give it to me? No, it's not saying that. You know, we can read these verses and just make them say whatever they want. What's really, really important, and here's a principle when you're reading the Scriptures, is that you allow Scripture to interpret Scripture. One more time. Allow Scripture to interpret Scripture. And you go, what does that mean, Jesus? Well, where else does the Bible talk about this? And let's have a look at what it says. And it talks about it in 1 John chapter 5. Let me read it to you from verse 14 and 15. This is the, this is the confidence we have in approaching God. That if we ask anything, and the most important bit, according to his will. There it is, everybody. If you ask anything, according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him. We need to come to him, friends, in prayer, with expectation. One more time. This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we have asked of him. We need to ask in accordance with his will and have an expectation that he's going to meet that thing because it is in accordance with his will. Again, what is his will? That people are saved. His will is that people are set free. His will is that his kingdom grows. His will is that you deal with your past. His will is that you are transformed. 
His will is that our bodies are healed. His will is that our minds are renewed. His will is that you have an abundance in order to be a blessing to others. His will, His will, and we keep preaching His will. Why? Because when we believe His will, when we pray His will with an expectation that we will receive His will, we're much more likely to see the outcome because we're putting our faith and reliance upon Him. Again, Mark chapter 11, 24, Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, in accordance with my will, add that in there from 1 John, believe that you received it and it will be yours. Friends, we must have an expectation and a faith that God will do the things that he wills to do. Within us needs to stir an expectation that when we pray that God will move, that when we share our faith, this person will respond. When we pray for the sick, they will be healed. That God will provide, that he will never leave us. The promises of God, the will of God, we need to believe it if we're going to receive it. Now, you might be listening to this message and go, well, Nathan, man, some of this stuff I've, 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 I've been expected before and, and I didn't see the thing that I was hoping for. And you know what Jesus says in the Lord's Prayer? Pray, Jesus says, pray that my, that, how does it say, my Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus prays for God's will to be done because the reality is God's will is not, not always done on the earth. The scripture says that it's God's will that everyone will come to repentance. Does everyone come to repentance? They don't. God's will is there, but not everyone responds in the way that he responds. Is it God's will that you walk around free from guilt and shame and bondage and baggage? Is that, is that God's will for your life? But do you do that? So God's will is moving, but it doesn't always happen for all different types of reasons. And sometimes we ask, and for whatever reason it doesn't happen, for maybe unbelief from us, or there's a demonic spirit, or there's, um, there's sin, or there's unforgiveness, or there's, there's things under the surface. But Jesus says here in this text that we need to approach in every situation with faith and with an expectation that God will that God will change, that God will move. And the scripture says that as we believe, that we, we will receive. And that is the level of faith that we're stepping out to. Faith is like a risk where you step out going, well, I'm not real sure about this. I'm not real sure how this is going to go, but I'm going to put my faith and trust in God anyway, believing that he is going to do the will that he desires for this earth. Maybe you've believed before and you've never received it. Maybe you believe God can for others, but maybe not for you. Maybe you've never been taught this stuff about having a level of faith and expectation. Maybe you've never even considered that God wants you to have a level of faith and expectation. Whatever it is for you, today can be a line in the sand. Today you can choose to say, you know what, God? I'm, I'm going to choose to believe. I'm going to choose to put my trust in you. I'm going to choose God. No matter what situation, no matter what circumstance, to believe your will in this situation. I'm going to believe that my family and friends are going to get saved. I am going to believe that person that I care about, they are going to be healed. I'm going to believe that God's kingdom will expand. I'm going to believe that God's church at LifeGate, more people are going to come. And this church is going to get larger and larger and larger as people encounter the freedom 
and purpose that Jesus has for our lives. So today I give you an invitation. I give you an invitation to choose faith and expectation, to believe that God will do the things that he wills to do. I invite the, the, the worship team to come. And they're going to pray. They're going to play for us. And we're going to have a time of worship. And we're going to have a time of prayer. Imagine a church. Imagine Lifegate Church, where each one of us comes, with, comes on a Sunday full of faith, with full of expectation of what God will do in this place. As we worship Him, and as we, as we draw near to Him, He draws near to us, and He breaks bondages, He changes mindsets. He transforms our lives. He brings healing. He brings deliverance. The people who are unsaved will be in this room. And when the worship happens and as God comes by His Spirit, they'll begin to weep. And they won't know why they're weeping, but they're weeping because they've been touched by the Holy Spirit. Let's have an expectation that when you invite people to LifeGate Church, they will say yes. If you invite them to watch online or in the room, the people will say yes. That when you come for prayer, God will move radically and powerfully. And things will change that you never thought could change. Imagine if you came with an expectation like that, that God will. Imagine the faith level. Imagine what God will do. So as we come to the end of this message, let's talk about you for a moment. What do you want God to do in your own life? What do you want Him to do? And we're not talking about Ferraris or Land Cruisers. We're not talking about that. We're talking about his will, his will for your life. What, what in his will do you want to see in your life? Is it financial provision? Is it a healing? Is it a family friend that needs saving? Is it a relationship that needs reconciling? What are you expecting him to do? Let's expect him to do it. Let's pray. Where you're at today, pray to him. Let's stand together. Put out your hands as a way of surrendering to Him. God, today we choose Your will, Your way. We say, God, Your will, Your way, we pray. Father, rise up faith within us. Rise up expectation within us. That we would see Your will on earth as it is in heaven. The very prayer that Jesus prayed, that we will expect it. Lord, Jesus says that when you pray, we need to believe that we will, that we will see it, that we'll receive it. And so, God, today we, we are choose to say, okay, God, your word says it. I believe it. That settles it. I'm expecting to see your will in my life and in the lives of those around us. In Jesus' name. Thanks so much for checking out this message. LifeGate Church has people meeting in person and online in many different locations and we'd love to help you get connected. My name's Andrew and I lead our online team here at LifeGate Church and it's our job to do exactly that. We'd love to help you find community, get support and prayer and take your next step. So why don't you connect with us and take your next step at lifegate.org.au and click the next step button.